Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Ad Lloyd. Griefcast is a place to talk, share and laugh about the peculiar human process of death and grief. Each week I talk to a different person about their experiences of grief and death as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club. Welcome to Griefcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey Griefsters, I hope you're having an okay week, wherever you're listening from. Um, Thank you so much for all your amazing comments about this series, season 8 we are now on, Uh, especially last week's episode with Christopher. If you haven't listened to that, I I can't recommend it enough. He he is such a wise and eloquent person and the way he talks about grief and death was was a really special conversation so thank you if you messaged me about that uh if you are enjoying the show please do rate review and subscribe i know every podcast asks you to do that but it really does make a difference and if you've done it already and left a lovely review thank you so much i do read them and it's it's so appreciated that um you've taken the time to do that so thank you very much This week is a special live episode. Now, obviously, we haven't had one of those for some time because we haven't had any live shows. But on the 9th of September this year at the amazing King's Place, there was the London Podcast Festival. And we did an actual live show with actual audience. They were all distance and wearing masks at the time. And it was so amazing to, yeah, be back and be talking about grief in a public space. It was really lovely. I was joined by some incredible comedians. Um, Dan Schreiber, who is, I'm sure you'll know from No Such Thing as a Fish, uh, one of the QI, QI elves, very funny man. Uh, Brona C. Titley, an amazing uh, comedian and actress and writer. She just follow her on Twitter, she's hilarious. And also a brilliant new stand up called Ola Labib as well, who's very, very funny, done lots of telly stuff as well. And I was just honoured that they came to talk to me. If you haven't listened to the live ones before, it's just me and three comedians talking about death in a very silly way. So we're not specifically remembering someone. We're just having an open and honest chat about death. And um, yeah, it's very silly and very funny. Thank you for listening. Please welcome to the stage the brilliant Ola Labib, Brona C. Titley and Dan Schreiber, everybody. Woo! We've all got podcast mugs, guys. 
so thank you guys so much for coming. As I said, we're just going to have a relaxed chat about death. Um, but I will have to start with <laughs> some heavy questions. Um, so, Dan, how, how do you feel about death? Is it something that plays on your mind a lot? Or are you more like, I, it's never going to happen to me type person? Oh, I'd be weird if I was like, it's never going to happen to <laughs> Believe me. Believe um, me, some people think that. Really? When I ask them, they're like, I don't think about it because I just don't think it will happen to me. And okay. I have to be like, oh, bad news. <laughs> yeah, no, I think about it all the time. Okay. I think, I it, not not on a daily basis. I don't okay. sort of think, okay, um, this is the last day when I wake up. Um, <laughs> but I do, I, I'm pissed off with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hate yeah. it. I, mm. I, I find it... Um, not fun, you know. Yeah. I think I, I, I'm one of those people that if we got the option of immortality, You'd I would take it absolutely. Wow. And but I would I would make sure everyone else got it as well. And <laughs> but I, I I don't like the idea of non-existence of no consciousness. I just find that I find it really scary. I find it odd. But it's really weird though because when you think about it, we kind of practice for it every single night, right? Yeah. Like if you're scared of death, when you go to sleep, that's effectively training for like going. <laughs> It's just a what longer version of this. What is happening to Dan at night time? <laughs> like, well, that's how I think about it. it was is like your wife over the, like, with a pillow over your face? Like, <laughs> just God, in case I'm Dan. really tired. I think I'll go do some death training. <laughs> that's Ola, what I think of sleep as, yeah, death training. True. Ola, how do you feel about it? Are, do you, are you someone who wants immortality like Dan? Um, I don't particularly want immortality only because I know what's coming or I believe mm. I know what's coming after. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Um, I think it's something that I constantly feel like everything I do in life is in preparation for death. And um, I worked on an oncology ward for like two years. So I was constantly surrounded wow, yeah. by death. So it was something that I came to accept that, you know, people have this kind of concept that, you know, you're gonna die when you're old, mm. but that's not necessarily the case at all. So um, I became quite obsessed with death. Uh, in 2017 and um, it made me read about it a lot like spiritually from different people's point of views and to kind of get me mentally prepared for what's going to happen when it happens so I do feel now I'm a lot more blessed than I was before because I feel like I feel like I've got a comfort with death for when it comes and that kind of gives me a positive peace of mind and I feel like I can now enjoy my life without having to worry about death when it comes. Yeah. And it's like, if it comes tomorrow, it comes tomorrow. So I feel like I'm more mentally prepared for it. That's amazing. <sighs> wow. This is, I mean, yeah, there was you worrying about sleep. <laughs> I was like, I was like, dealt with it. That's what it sounds like to me. Dan could maybe come to the oncology ward and just like prep everyone with his sleep. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's about, I think that's, such a great place to get to and so many people don't get there of like at least thinking about it so many people just go i just can't i don't want to think about it that's it it's quite rare and i think it, it often happens when you are like you said you work on a quality ward you do a podcast about death like these things that kind of force you to go wow actually how do i feel about it bro now how, how do you feel not interested not for, <laughs> me. Not for me uh my death i sort of feel like that's none of my business um you know i won't necessarily be there i just I like living carrier. Uh, no, but you will be there when it happens. No, sure. And I'm not one of those people who thinks it won't happen. Right. But I don't think it'll happen to Dan. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be fine. It's interesting because I've sort of had a turnaround on this recently. Oh, yeah. um, because I pushed a human child out of my vagine. Um, uh, and Thank then God had it was a human. Gene. We weren't sure, but <laughs> Brona came through and it was a human. But uh, it sort of changed my perspective a little bit. Because I, this is going to sound mad, but we're sort of in the place for it. 
yeah, I yeah. kind of had this theory about myself before that was like, I would give up my life for somebody else. Like, mm. you know, if I was in a hostage situation, first of all, I would make the, um, you know, terrorist love me with my personality. <laughs> but secondly, <laughs> I would, you know, I would let everybody else escape before me and I would die. Oh, really? But yeah, it would yeah. be like, I would do that for people because I am so good. And that was my complete lie about mm. myself to myself. Oh, that's so good to know because <laughs> I, I would run out. So that's... Yeah. Same, I'm glad someone's ready. I'd be talking no, to the really. TV reporters going, no, she sounds fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. She said, "Please it was don't fine. put this she into practice tonight." <laughs> um, and then I gave birth to my daughter, and f- and very much thought I was going to die during labour, uh, just because of the insane pain, and also wished for it, and was fine with it, and it was a bit like, "Oh, I hope my wife and the baby have a nice life, but I'm out of here <laughs> anytime now." But then, when when my daughter arrived, I was like, "Oh no, I can never die," yeah. because whatever about my friends and my colleagues and my wife, like I'm sure they like me fine, but I know that my baby likes me and very much needs me around, yeah. and so now I sort of feel like in that hostage situation, I would kill every one of you <laughs> uh, because I need to go home to my child and also I, I can't I've got to do bedtimes can I please just let me out they don't go to sleep if I'm not there it's very awkward she's not as good as I am at the nursery rhyme come on she's definitely not as good as I am at the nursery rhymes I mean does she do seven different Irish accents no um, but yeah so I now kind of feel like well I need to die now while she's a baby and you know can forget me and, and, and have oh, a normal life her, yeah. or when she's in her 60s yeah um, so those are the only two options uh, and, and nothing in between so yeah yeah, very much like went from not thinking about it, not caring about it, you know, just sort of, I knew people died, but it wasn't wasn't for me. I liked musicals. Uh, <laughs> it just wasn't an interest. Um, but then when I had a child, I was like, yeah, no, actually, I'll be, I'm here for the immortality pill as soon as you've got it, Dan. Sweet. Dan, and, uh, and how is that going? And we all want to know. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, uh, I'm, not, I'm not actually working on it, but <laughs> there there are people who are working on extending life. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. all for that, I think. Are you? You think you're still better? I, I don't know. I d- just out of curiosity, raise of hands, like how many people like the idea of an extended life beyond what we're given? Not, okay, yeah, so that's not, not many. many. Not many. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really interesting. I, I mean, with you. <laughs> like I, and that's obviously circumstance of life or you yeah. just you're happy with what you've had in time but I I just, I just think I just think it's one of those ideas on paper. Right. <laughs> it sounds great. You know, it's like that when you're like, yeah, we'll get IKEA to do the kitchen. You're like, yeah, that sounds great. It sounds great. And then you go through with it, you think, oh, we shouldn't have done this. This has looked too easy. Like you think it's going to be great, but actually how tired are you now? I am so tired. <laughs> like, I am so tired and I am not 40. Like, I you know... You need to uh, lie down for an hour and do some death training. Death oh. training 101. Yes. Uh, yeah, Let's sort that out. The sleep. I don't get the sleep. See, so yeah, I'm yeah. practicing the death training. And I just think, I don't know, my grandma lived to 100. Uh-huh. This right. is, uh, maybe this is why. And she had a, a real shit life. Like, it was shit. She okay. really didn't know what was going on for about 15 years. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, she's 100. Congratulations. And I was like, she could be seven. She has no idea. Mm-hmm. But we were celebrating this 100thness. So maybe it comes with um, caveats, doesn't it? Like, immortality, if you can stay healthy. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Caveats body. need to be a oh, part yeah, of sure, it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, and my, yeah. My great-grandmother passed away a couple of years ago, and she was 103, I think she Whoa, made it to. Wow. She lived in Austria. And part of her reason for staying alive so long was she used to go on old people bus trips. Mm-hmm. And so they would just gather all the old people in Grobsikarts, which is a tiny town in Austria. They'd get on a bus and go on a trip. And at the end of each trip, um, she would be given a trophy for being the oldest person on the bus. <laughs> 
and her house was just I, in, I remember going and seeing just all these trophies and she was like yeah last year's oldest person this year's oldest person and what really drove her was there was a lady who was only like six months younger than oh, her no. who just never was Poor able lady. to claim the trophy yeah. and I hope I kind of hope she's taken over the the, I, I don't know if that, she died. I, I don't know if she. I love that your great grandmother wasn't like, yeah, the secret to my long life is, you know, vegetables, drinking lots of water, exercise. It's like vindication, <laughs> <laughs> trophies. Fuck I'm that lady. Did the uh, did the younger six month younger woman actually die? And then your grandma was like, oh, no competition. Exactly. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. Like, it would be nice to think she finally got the other one did get her place, but more likely the competition ended. Yeah, she yeah. was like done. Yeah, so what sort of day trip gives out trophies to the oldest person (laughs) that has survived? I mean, it's a great story, but I have questions. Tiny town in Austria, they've got to do something. Um, It wasn't every day. It wasn't like a new trophy every day. I I think it was an annual trip of old people. Um, The annual trip of old people to see who survived. Yes, exactly. Twelve of them will leave, only eight will come back. (laughs) I mean, we would all watch that. Um, Ola, have you thought about your funeral particularly? Is there like something that you have planned you look you look like you've got you're like so uh, so where I come from Mm. um funerals is also an opportunity for like single people to meet oh Oh. like a wedding yeah so two of my friends actually met their spouses at a funeral so I would love to be the funeral version of Cilla Black (laughs) (laughs) I would absolutely love it like I would have I think I'd have an advert yeah feeling single and lonely not found your other half. Good news, Ola has died. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love that. I would love the concept that like people find love at my funeral. Yeah, yeah I love that concept. a real really new cool. meaning to the phrase Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because yeah, obviously traditionally English culture is very much like you, people meet at weddings yeah. and funerals are just like soggy sandwiches and uncles you don't want to talk to. Mm. But... That's obviously not your experience. It's no. more of a vibe, more of like a party vibe. No, there is. The thing is, uh, you know, we have wedding outfits and we have funeral outfits. And the thing is, like, <laughs> traditionally, you have to be seen to be mourning, oh, but you okay. might not necessarily be mourning. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I'll have aunts who be going to a funeral and they'll be hee hee ha 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 ha. And they'll be like, okay, oh, we're about to end. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's fake, you have to put it on. Like, I don't know if some people are familiar in some African cultures like in Sudan, we actually hire criers for funerals. Oh, yeah. It's an Irish tradition as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Probably I think I'd be a college. fantastic no. one. Oh my God. I, I reckon I get people really buzzed up on crying. <laughs> but we have like professional criers. Yeah. Like it can, it's, it's an emotion that can be switched on and off. We're ready to mourn on demand. We're ready to party on demand. <laughs> and sometimes like people get like intermixed a little bit and accidentally like go Woo! at a funeral instead. But um now, I, I think my funeral is going to be proper vibes. Yeah, that sounds vibes. That sounds good. I, I've heard of the professional mourners, and I have also thought, yeah. I could do that. I feel like I could. I think out of anyone I've ever met, you'd be really good at it, Carrie. <laughs> I think I would, and I think it'd be nice, because if you do talk about grief or face with death a lot, it must be nice to have a place you just go and cry it all out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean, so we don't have professional mourners, but we definitely have, there, you get this, um, this idea of people who just go to all the funerals. You know, like just the old like old lady who's just always there, even though she doesn't know who's being. Oh buried. yeah, they caught people out, didn't they? For that, They're kind of like the opposite of wedding crashes. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you didn't fucking know him. Out, Gladys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, well, they would go to the wakes, <laughs> wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. There's people and they would who, yeah, steal the sandwiches crashes. and stuff. And yeah, well, <laughs> I think there were like 
I think there's different levels. There's definitely like uh, old ladies who go to the mall out of sense of respect, and because they're part of the church, yeah, and that's the church, just like yeah. I don't what's happening today. The old ladies of like just being there for the sandwiches, but yeah, I'm sure yeah. some are just there for the. Sandwiches. Oh, people are definitely people are definitely so. Just like we provide, we have like a lot of food for weddings. It's the same for funerals because people come from different like villages and stuff. And I categorically guarantee my grandmother died three years ago, and my dad obviously lives in England. So everybody's like, "Oh fuck, the guy from England, his mum's died." You know, the food's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of people that turned up for my grandmother's funeral was absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. But amazing. as much as I was upset, the food was fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love all the similarities between like the weddings and the funerals. I like how you were saying there's different outfits and it's sort of like, you know, the funeral ones are like the wedding ones, but sexier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, for all the flirting. And also because, you know, black is a sexy colour, right? You know, a little black dress. You yeah. can wear that to the funeral. It can we work. wear white. Oh, you wear white? Yeah, yeah. So the daughters, the sisters and the wife of the, if it's a, Obviously, a guy um, there. Um, they wear white, not black. Hmm. That's it. That is. There's other. Because I've been reading about this lately. That it, it used to be white in lots of cultures, and mm-hmm. then went to black as well. Mm-hmm. And then I read somewhere. Now I read it. Dan does a podcast about facts, so it might not be true. <laughs> that they started wearing black because they believed that it would make you invisible to the dead. So Ooh. because you didn't want to be like haunted unexpectedly, oh. you wore that's what you want to expect book. that shit. You yeah, you wore black so that they, they didn't come and like bother you, so they had to like go. And I was like, that is a madness that yeah. I'm on board with. <laughs> but yeah, previous I think Romans also wore white, and it, in this country as well, some royalty used to wear white for mourning as well. So mm. it, it's like the yeah, blue for boys, pink for girls. Like I think it it's changed over the years. Rona, what are, you, what are your funeral plans? Have you got them set? Have you uh, thought about it? Yeah, I mean, I haven't thought about it much, but I do know that instead of like being cremated or buried, I'd quite like to be exploded. Oh. <laughs> ah. you serious? Some people are exploded. You can get what? exploded. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. You can get exploded up into the sky. There's so, you can be, there's so many things you no, can No, no, that's different. I think that's like you're cremated and you're put in a oh, rocket. Oh, sure. Yeah, I didn't Rona's talking about yeah. like Sorry. dynamite. You no, know. full, the full body. Sorry, yeah, yeah quite like, like cremated, <laughs> then you, they explode your ashes up into the sky. Sorry. I didn't realize Brona wanted to be actually yeah limbs akimbo I sort of like you know people standing around talking about what a great person I was how funny my tweets were uh, <laughs> and then they're sort of like I'll always carry her inside me and then you know I sort of hit them in the eye and they're like and oh. also inside me um, but no I just could you do it like like it's a dynamite stick so as the funeral's going they sort of light the rope at the Ooh. end and we just watch it slowly head towards your that's so good your body do you remember that guy at one of the like lockdown protests and he put the flare up his arse <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> maybe he was practicing for being exploded well, there was a guy i was reading about a guy and i kind of feel like this is how i would love to go like if we're talking like making a statement when okay. you die, there was a guy in australia who no sorry he's a new zealand guy who was a truck driver and he fell on a high pressured air hose and it pierced his bum oh. and he inflated <gasps> no. like a balloon yeah and he properly inflated and fortunately they saved him but the idea of being inflated like a balloon and not popping, but just like the balloon version of you. 
And if you put helium in place... It's a nightmare is the end of that sentence. <laughs> like, It'd be amazing. For that, like, my wife oh could my walk God. me into my own funeral <laughs> on a string. And they'd be, like, they'd be like, has he died or is he about to tour Willy Wonka's chocolate factory? Yeah, exactly. There's no way to tell. I but think also, it would be what amazing. about, like, you know, if you have helium balloons, they, like, sadly deflate and they just look really pathetic. Like, what happens eventually, Dan, when this saggy, like, ball of skin is left? Or, or all the eulogies, <laughs> they could undo me, take a tiny hit of the helium. <laughs> Dan Schreiber was a lovely boy. <laughs> that would be incredible. I always loved him. There's a lot of fun you could have with that. Um, I think what you, the trouble is you're imagining, like... <laughs> if it you, goes off and, like... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then you land in the fire and they cremate you. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be good. But I um, think you're imagining like a, a fun skinning, skinning expansion rather than like your skin ripping away from your own sinews and muscles. I think it would be messier than you imagine. Oh, yeah. I haven't really thought about it. But <laughs> just it appeals. I do think there's a business opportunity here. Somebody yeah. listening to this podcast is going to be like, mm, I'm going to get some of that death dollar. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> By, uh, you know, blowing people up with helium. <laughs> When you're when you have a uh, if you have a baby in hospital, they often come round and try and sell you things. So someone will come genuinely be like, "Do you want <laughs> really? to have your baby photographed? This person come and do it." Oh, yeah. And I imagine like on the oncology ward, someone coming around with helium. Would you like to be <laughs> inflated when you die? Have you thought about that? Talked about would it with that? Your would that be allowed on the oncology ward, Olaf? But the thing is, it's like whose job would it be to shove that pipe up your ass when you're dead? <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> It's the opposite of cutting the umbilical cord as a dad. <laughs> oh, it would be nice. I had nice, to do that uh, for both my boys. It would be nice cyclical if you could get the doctor that cut the umbilical cord. Yes. You know, and then they could be the one that puts the flare up your arse. It would be like the circle <laughs> of life. Oh, my God. Well, remember, this is recorded and this will be saved. So when you die very tragically and suddenly and you haven't written anything down, people will be like, just listen to the episode where Bruno and Dan said they wanted to be inflated. <laughs> It's a exploded. You're exploded. Sorry. Exploded. So you said exploded, and I was deadly serious. <laughs> yeah. Have you like seriously? <laughs> Apart from explosion, have you had any other thoughts about what I, vibes do you want? Do you want party vibes? What I, do you want? I don't be? think so. Like I do think it's very important to process emotion. <laughs> you know, I I'm not one of those people that's like I don't want people to be sad at my funeral. Oh, yeah. I mean, they better fucking be sad. Or what tears. was I doing here? For 140 years, um, which is the age I've decided I'll go at. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the vibe would be like, you know, uh, process your emotions, but also, you know, have a bit of crack because, you know, it's getting people together. And I think, you know, culturally, Irish funerals are huge parties. And when you were talking about the funeral crashers, I was thinking it's such a different uh, culture because, like, if my friend's boyfriend's grandmother died and I didn't go to that funeral, that'd be really rude. <laughs> Yeah, I have never. I remember. I think we were talking about this when you came on the Grief House, and I spoke to Ashling B about this as well. Yeah, yeah. Of like not going to funerals and Irish people thinking English people are so rude. Yeah. So she was. Was it you? I was saying. Yeah, like a friend of a friend's dad had died, so he's like, "Well, we're all going to the funeral," and all the English people being yeah. like, "Are we? Why? We didn't know them." But like, because it's a because it's the funeral. Yeah. Whereas in England, it would be considered. I swear, you'd be a bit morbid if you were like, yeah. "I'll come to that." random relatives funeral i know and it's quite like because you know we're quite close geographically i know facts as well Dan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know we're like next door to each other so it's weird that it does differ but i suppose maybe the difference is like the irish people are like will there be alcohol cool we're on our way uh has anyone died today i'm thirsty um and you know it has it has come out of 
uh, kind of togetherness. And I, I'm from Dublin, I'm from the city, so I, didn't, I haven't really experienced the kind of country week, which is those kind of 24-hour parties. I grew up in the urban, <laughs> the urban jungle <laughs> of Dublin, um, a small city, but, but very much like going to you know, extended families, their family funerals. It, it just, it's a big occasion. And so, yeah, I, I haven't thought about my own so much. I'd quite like to give a speech. <laughs> So I would you're, quite gonna, <laughs> you're gonna pre-record. You're yeah, gonna pre-record. I guess so. Uh, yeah. Unless I'm coming back. For, it would hard to be hard to unexplode me <laughs> to put me back together so I could give a speech. Um, but yeah, and I think I would quite like. I remember when I got I got married four years ago uh, to my wife. Convenient. Um, and after our ceremony, the person, the officiant who did the ceremony, she said to the guy who owned the venue, she was like, "Never in all my years have I been to a ceremony that was so." And I thought she was gonna say like loving, beautiful moving and she was like long it was so <laughs> long <laughs> because you sort of get you're allowed to have like two songs and two speeches and then a song at the end and we just really like milked it and you yeah, and made everything yeah. long so i think i would like my funeral to be long yeah i think like quantity time over <laughs> quality <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to. Fi- oh, yeah, you want that sweet middle ground of a funeral. I think like, I've been to two short ones where you've just sat down suddenly. And you're like, oh my god, they're already the yeah. curtains coming. Okay, and I've been to ones which are too long. But it depends mm-hmm. on. The, I think your long funeral would be a good funeral. Thanks, Carrie. I do. That's so I do. Sweet. Like Dan, what are you? What are your funeral plans? Do you have you thought about like burial, cremation, anything like that? Uh, yeah, I can't Explosion. decide. I can't decide on, uh, yeah, post-inflation. I will, <laughs> whether or not I'll go cremation or burial. What I did think was, because I've been to a few funerals and often Braga. part of the thing is you, <laughs> a few. He knows I, how to party. Yeah. <laughs> Great sandwiches. Um, but I, yeah, I always find the bit where you go out afterwards and mm. if there's a, a cemetery connected to it where they're buried, the graveyard where they're going to be buried, I, I always find that I get a bit distracted even no matter how much I love because it's a traumatic moment and you're putting someone down into the spot where they're going to be forever. You find yourself sussing out who the neighbours are, right? Oh, yeah, like yeah, you, yeah, you're yeah. looking at the gravestone <laughs> next to it. And next, I think that at my funeral, where I'm gonna, if I'm buried, I'd like to invite the families of my neighbours to come oh, nice. and let them give a little speech going. So Dan's going to be living next yeah. to um, our great-grandmother, and she was amazing. She was a fighter pilot during World War II, and then the next people come <laughs> up. And then I, I just started thinking more about this, going, it's a shame because that's such an interesting community that yeah, we've not tapped yeah. into, the, the sort of the new afterlife, but for the present people living. So you could do things where, and it would be really good for the church, where it'd be like, all right, we're inviting all the relatives of who the people who are buried here each week to come and there's a new theme who is the biggest dickhead and <laughs> you know and you'd have dead person of the month and maybe like a ro- <laughs> and like a trophy a, right they yeah, get a trophy yeah. gotta be a trophy but i'm just saying the whole community is waiting to be built around these places where you could meet people and talk about people you, you'd go more yeah, to cemeteries yeah. as a result it's definitely a sitcom i want to watch yeah. <laughs> but also what i liked is that you're imagining the next door neighbor was like a cool fighter pilot instead of like oh this was john he was an accountant <laughs> <laughs> That was John. Yeah. That'd be fine. John used to always say things like that. That'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just being like, ah, oh, damn it. Is the spot over there free? Cause <laughs> yeah, can I move? Yeah, because yeah, then, well, also, I, did you know this about churches that there is like a hierarchy? Really? Yeah, yeah. of where you get buried. Okay. So like vicars are buried nearer the church. Like they're allowed. And someone I knew recently, their mother passed away and it was 
they just didn't have enough space. It was a really small country churchyard, and they gave her the privilege of being buried in the vicar's, where a vicar should be buried, because wow. she'd like worked so much for the church. Yeah, and it was I think I'd like to be buried near a Pizza Express. <laughs> <laughs> you still need the two-for-one vouchers <laughs> posted through your car. That would be it. It was like, you know, when ghosts have unfinished business, mine would be that I hadn't used a pizza voucher. <laughs> My cousin was showing me just the other day. It's in Ireland somewhere. It's the closest a church is to a pub. And it's the world, it's the Guinness World Record. And it's literally, he, he stood outside it. And he just panned the camera. You can walk out of the church <laughs> and literally leap into the pub. It's so close. I love that idea. Well, yeah, that brings me back to what Brainer was saying about funerals. And I was thinking as well, like, because, like you're saying, the culture is a fun funeral. And again, maybe in Sudan as well, like it, it will be a party. So more people turn up. Whereas our vibe is not fun. Mm. So that's also what when someone's like, do you want to go to a funeral? You're like, oh, not really. Because like, <laughs> it is like, it will probably be depressing. And I've talked about this on the live show before. My, my biggest tip, speak to your friends who can sing and tell them now they Ooh. need to come to the funeral. They need to go to the front and they need to belt because there is nothing worse than being at a funeral, thank you, where people <laughs> can't sing. And English funerals are full of people singing hymns they do not know the tune of. Mm. And, you're like, <laughs> and you're like, no, just if you have a friend who can sing, now, speak to them now and, and say, you need to be at the front leading it. I can't sing in tune, but I can sing loudly. Great. <laughs> That's all you need is a confident, you know what I mean? The confident person to lead it. And, and often it is a performer, and I have tried to be that person at a funeral. <laughs> all things right. Like, come on, guys, I'll do it. I'll lead you. You can just chill. Because the other thing I think English people do is if someone is being loud and singing loudly, they relax, and then they sing mm. better. Mm. It's about the quality, guys, of the song. <laughs> It's very depressing. Is there music at a Sudanese funeral? No, no, no music. No, Just no. flirting. Yeah. <laughs> More than flirting. Oh, really? But no, no music. No, no, no. That's really interesting. No. no. How do you get the party vibe going? No, it's just the food. Just, just the, the banter. Just the, the banter and the food. Yeah. No, oh How my God. Are you at parties <laughs> that you don't need music? That's amazing to be like, <laughs> yeah, we just need, need food and banter. We've got, we've got professional criers. Why yeah. do we need music? Yeah. That's true. And sometimes like, if you're lucky, they cry to the, few, the, like, the theme tune of like Michael Jackson. <laughs> 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 it's perfect. So you don't so need you music. Wow. Yeah. There's a big bit of me that's really hoping you're lying about everything <laughs> that you're saying. Someone listening is going to go to a Sudanese funeral dressed in white. Got Come the to mine. <laughs> That's really interesting. Me, oh, that's very interesting to me. Because again, I think music is, a, I guess, for when you go to a slightly like uh, funeral, <laughs> the one good thing is often they, the music will lift it and either it is a hymn or a song or they play music. Mm. And that at least, that's how our vibe gets started because there's no banter vibe going on at the funerals really. Mm. I mean, some, all right. I feel like there are some fun funerals, but you know, not. it's not... Um, it's not what you'd expect when you go to a funeral. I went to a funeral, so really, this is quite weird. I hadn't thought about this until basically starting the sentence, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Fresh off the press. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, so I haven't been to too many funerals, fortunately, um, despite my brag earlier. Um, <laughs> but one of them that I went to was, it was a close friend who passed away very young, very sadly, in, he was living in Taiwan, passed away. 
And actually, I found out the day I found out I was recording something in this very room. Oh, so it's, wow. it's one of the. It's it's like a. Now that I think about it, I'm like, fuck, shit. The emotion of that comes back with the state of seeing this room again. But um, we went to Taiwan, and I grew up in Hong Kong. I was born and raised in Hong Kong, and there's lots of different traditions with funerals in Hong Kong. There was one cemetery where they would actually bury people vertically. Oh yeah, I've because heard of, of that. the yeah. the spacing Space. that you would have. But in Taiwan, the funeral. So he was he had his funeral out in Taiwan. It was phenomenal. It was flowers everywhere and they build these huge yeah. effigies of what you're bringing into the afterlife with wow. you so you would see people passing with like these mansions that were built as that they would burn as part of a kind of cremation or they would have like limousines or like ipods but made of like you know it's it's a sort of offering to it's yeah. kind of like kind of like the egyptian um ancient egyptian you know things to take into the the future and you'd have in china you had money that you would burn the sort of it's money for the dead oh, which wow. is really interesting um i used to collect it all because i didn't realize it was <laughs> 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 i had so much dead afterlife money <laughs> that i thought it was legal tender and turned out it was you can't use it in this not, not in, in this, this realm. realm yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but fascinating, like, I, I do think we get it wrong in this culture, definitely, mm. in, in, like, in Australia, where I, where I grew up as well. They're fine. Our funerals are fine. Yeah, they're fine. But I they're not celebrations fine. like yeah. you were talking about, Ola, with, you know, with these amazing, um, these amazing feel-good moments. I mean, you do need songs. I, I do think yeah. that's you need. You do need, I, I feel like in, fun okay, I, I think I'm very opposite to a lot of people. I actually like going to, not because I enjoy it, but, um, the, you know, when you, I, think, I feel like when you go to visit, well, this is how we see it, someone who's passed, like, it shows that there was a lot of people that loved them. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it's an opportunity to, to pray for them and this and that. So, because um, we, we mourn for three days. And after three days, we shouldn't mourn. Because they say after three days, the the soul of the person that passed, you know, can can, can feel the pain of the people oh. crying. And, yeah. you know, there's all, I, I don't know how much of it's true. Because, you know, like religion and culture all gets intermingled and whatnot. But so, the first day obviously is horrible. But, you know, if... I don't know, me personally, if I had someone and when I've had people close to me die, I like being surrounded by lots of people. Yeah. I like there being a lot of chat and this and that. For me, that's something that I would want. So I try and go as much as I can. Yeah, I think that's really, I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. <coughs> I think, but you have to have a kind of peace with death, which I think is probably like you said, like you, you have said you found, like you have looked I have my it. ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we all have ups and downs. Like, oh, sure. you know, um, if, if I feel like I'm in a good place and I'm doing good things, I'm, but if I'm like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, but if I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you're, then you're like, not now, don't want to die That's right now. <laughs> this is not good. Yeah, because I'm not in a good place. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, the, I think it very much oscillates where you're in a good place about death and you're in a bad place about death. But I think um, as long as I'm doing what I should be doing, I feel a lot better about mm. it. But I think what we're talking, it's really interesting what you were saying earlier, Dan, of like, it's a, almost a cultural thing, isn't it? And like, I don't think that our culture, like English culture particularly, like you said, is set. There, I suppose you can have celebratory funerals. It really does depend. I suppose oh, maybe I've just been to some really depressing funerals because <laughs> you can get, you can get, and I've definitely been to funerals of younger people. And this, obviously, the sad thing is, the younger the person is, the more people there are, and there is a sort of joy to that. And so, when my my dad died when he was forty four, and it was packed, it was absolutely packed mm. because he was a you know a young guy with lots of connections. And obviously, if you do live for one hundred and forty 
it might be quiet because it might not depend. I how don't think so, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adorable. <laughs> I know, but if we haven't all taken the immortality pill, that's my worry. You might need to start making friends with like hot 19 year olds <laughs> to like bump up the funeral numbers which I, it's a chore but you've got to do it for the funeral bro. I promise you right now that I will make friends with hot 19 year olds <laughs> just for you just for the funeral but you are right like um, you know it's, it's actually probably the most more than working on an oncology ward mm. being on a ward where someone's you know you've, there's people I've seen people who've died like 108 and it's like what is going on but it's it, it, you as much as you're like oh my god they've lived for so long you're right it's the worst thing having someone die old and alone and like the only person like holding their hand is the ward nurse or the ward occupational therapist or this or that so I would rather die at 44 surrounded by lots of people that love me than die at 140 alone <laughs> I, do, I do think yeah all right don't be dissing my don't be dissing my age uh, i do think though that death can have the importance that you attach to it yeah. in terms of like it's like one thing you do in your life yeah yeah <laughs> you know i i understand the imp- you know i understand the importance of it and, I, and you know i've had significant uh bereavements that have marked my life and you know changed who i am as a person but i also think like you do it one time (laughs) you know you brush your teeth like way more than you die so you kind of if you want to yeah yeah fingers crossed um you know if you want to you can sort of choose not to think about it too much i mean my life philosophy kind of comes from a turtle that i saw on kung fu panda um who said (laughs) that uh, I think the quote was like if you worry about something and it doesn't happen then you've wasted that time worrying about it and if you worry about something and it does happen then you have to worry twice and so I sort of when when something when an anxious thought comes in like oh you know uh, I will die my child will only have one mother (laughs) Uh, (laughs) a little gay joke there for you Um, (laughs) then yeah I sort of uh, I sort of try and think I don't actually have to think about that I don't I don't have to attach importance to it I guess and so it you know it feels very important and painful and like you might never get over it when it's somebody that you love but then if you can sort of reframe that and think well actually what was my relationship with that person it was love it was the love I felt for them and the love I felt they felt for me, hopefully. Um, and that hasn't died. So, in, you know, and not to be all cheesy and cliche about it and like, you know, and so therefore they'll never die. <laughs> Factually, they will die, but you can carry on that part of them as part of you. Um, and I definitely feel like I carry all the people that I loved and have died with me. Mm. And they're here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Please, welcome to the stage. <laughs> Was that actually a quote from the turtle from Kung Fu Panda? Yes, and I'm really glad that that's what you took from my <laughs> pro- <laughs> from my profound and moving the one time I've been serious on this podcast. The TED talk that Brona just gave. <laughs> Sorry, which character from Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> turtle. It was turtle. like a wizened old turtle. No, it's a like, great quote. It's yeah. Kung well, Fu Panda is yeah. a, a great film. And, and I feel like you can find great friends in life if you don't mm. mention it's the turtle that said that <laughs> and just say the quote and they go, turtle. <laughs> That's soulmates, isn't it? Or you wow. could start saying it was you. And people are like, God, do you know, Brona said yeah. this thing once. It was so profound. <laughs> and she, may, she may want to be exploded, but why? Wow, <laughs> she dropped some gems of wisdom. And then the writer of Kung Fu Panda sees <laughs> it in the tweet. It's like, I said, 
I wrote that. Anyway. Like to be cancelled for plagiarising <laughs> the turtles. Oh, i got to get cancelled again. <laughs> I was cancelled like yesterday. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. What? Okay, so food is obviously a big thing in all of our funerals. What food? What food are we serving? Oh, I feel like I have to come to you first. Oh, like, mate, everything. And what are we talking about? Like, how much everything? The thing is, it's so contradictory. It's really... Oh, I'm going to make us sound like such messed up people. <laughs> but, um, so... People, when they mourn, like, if they really mourn, mm-hmm. um, we don't have... So we won't drink juice. We'll only drink water. Right, yep. We won't eat food that is well-seasoned. Yeah, we yeah. won't... My grandma, Allah when my aunt my dad's sister passed away and ever since then she never ever drank anything other than water she'd drink tea but she would drink it without sugar um because she was constantly mourning so we do um certain things like we do like henna on the top of tip of our fingers and the sole of our feet to mark celebration she never put henna on her body again since but my grandmother was quite bizarre because she was prepared for her death about eight nine years before she died and we'd go to we'd go back home every year and every year she'd tell my dad don't leave i'm going to die this year and every year we'd go back and be like oh, she's not dead yet <laughs> you like, got you got to come through with that if you're going to yeah pull it's that like what's going on year. it's like stop it you've been saying that for the past 7 years but she was so well prepared for her death and she used to have this wooden 
box that she kept near her bed and it had it was like a slide box and she'd have the because we wrap ourselves in linen when we die and she'd have she's already had the linen she wanted to be wrapped in and um i remember i bought Calvin Klein euphoria and she <laughs> smelled it on me she was like oh that smells amazing and I was like oh do you, want, do you want me to get it for you I'll get it next time I come she'd be like no 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 give it to me because I'm gonna be dead the next time you come <laughs> oh she had a racket going yeah she was on it so I gave her I gave her the Calvin Klein and I thought she'd you know put it in her shelf or whatever and she put it in this box I'm like what are you doing and she was like that I want to be sprayed on it when I died I'm like nah fuck that I don't want that on me <laughs> I don't I don't want to go next to my grandma on her deathbed smell and be like shit she smells like my first Saturday night in Soho like, <laughs> <laughs> so um I like her taste though yeah you know what Calvin Calvin Kine Kine Euphoria. Euphoria. That's, that's yeah. nice but I just think it's amazing how prepared she was for it and yeah. how accepting she was for mm. it she knew what she wanted to be wrapped in she knew what she wanted to wanted to smell like she she knew where she wanted to be buried she knew mm. all of these things and that's why I find it really interesting mm. that um you know you have certain plots like we are, I this gonna sound so messed up but I've a plot of land back home because I want all my family when we die to be buried together mm. not oh. that that makes any difference mm. at all but mm. just I think psychologically knowing mm. that our bodies are uh, is that really messed up? Totally no, agree. that's totally pretty agree. normal. Yeah. Have you thought about your neighbours? Because Dan is looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm probably. Dan is looking for a spot. Well, I definitely want my sister behind me because I can imagine even after I'm fucking dead, she's going to be <laughs> nagging me. <laughs> preferably my dad on my right hand side and then mum on the left. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think uh. that's. Like, I think that's nice. Again, like if you can. And the thing that we always talk about in the show, it's like if you can have these conversations now so much better than having them on an oncology ward or when someone's already died and everyone being like, oh, what did they want? We don't really know. So if someone goes and like, oh, there's a plot of land or like you said with your grandma, when stuff is ready, it's so much easier for the grieving to to deal with it. Like it's just so much easier. It's so much easier having someone who's dying be happy, not happy, but like accepting of their death. Um, Like my uncle, who was like a second dad to me, um, he passed away three years ago and we were absolutely distraught. He was terminal and uh, it took me two years to deal with his death. Mm. Like even now talking Mm. about it, I don't feel I'll ever kind of deal, even though he was a very spiritual man and he was so content. And um, when he was made terminal, he, you know, we were like, I can't even, anyways. And he I remember he was on the ward, D6, and he was just sat there looking at us, like, crying when the doctor said that. And he was like, why are you lot crying? <laughs> he was like, I should be the one that's crying. He was like, well, what have you got to be upset about? And mm. it was almost like he was mocking us. Yeah, yeah. He was mocking us for being upset. Um, and, yeah, he decided to fly back. He flew back. He was like, I want to die in... Um, he went, I want to die in Sudan. So is that plot, that you, the bit of land that you bought, is it in Sudan or in Portsmouth? I would I'd, I'm alive and I don't want to be in Portsmouth <laughs> let, let me be dead and be in Portsmouth no. <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> also it, you know it's probably it's probably hard to get plots of land to bury people in Portsmouth, in Portsmouth. I don't know. and this podcast is not brought to you by the Portsmouth <laughs> Tourist Board well they've closed down Debenhams and there's no um, no one's bought it so maybe I'll buy like <laughs> 
the ne- <laughs> the Miss Selfridge section of Debenhams. <laughs> the perfume section, where the perfumes used to be. Well, I, I had an interesting one, taking somebody home to for their ashes to be spread. Oh, yeah. uh, because my wife, uh, her father was from Sri Lanka. Um, so she's half Sri Lankan. And I won't sort of tell the full story because it's sort of not mine to tell. It's it's my wife's and her family. But I will, I will <laughs> tell you the funny part, uh, which was that uh, we were spreading his ashes in candy by a river and like a lot of things went wrong and I did fully think that I was going we were on the bank and I there had been like monsoons I thought I was going to fall into the river and we could see this beautiful bridge out you know out in the distance and when I came back to London I was telling a colleague about it she was like oh yeah I was on that bridge two years ago I saw that bank where you uh spread the ashes there was two crocodiles on it I was like, oh my God, that would have been so a Brona way to die. Like be spreading someone else's ashes and then be eaten by a crocodile. <laughs> actual crocodiles? Yeah, yeah, actual crocodiles. Fuck. And they would have loved my Irish ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is different. What's this? I don't know what it is. It's, oh, it's sweeter. Yeah. Uh, tastes like uh, potato waffles. <laughs> I, feel, I feel good. I feel good. <laughs> Oh my god! Fucking crocodile. So I sidestepped that one. So maybe I will live to 140. <laughs> <laughs> my family has a plot in you got a plot. in Austria. My great grandmother, oh, um, yeah. when she passed away, she went with into her trophies. It. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All the trophies went in with her. No, she. Um, yeah, she, we have, and it's it's really beautiful. It's just this big headstone that just says the word Schreiber. That's it. Nice. Just has our surname. Oh, so you're on all it. there. Everyone's under Schreiber. Yeah. So it just it just. <laughs> oh, so, sorry, not that one. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, they are Schreiber, but yeah, behind. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got three people in at the moment, okay. and my grandfather, I believe, he wants to be buried there, and and there's you know we're all talking about is this our one place? Said, how do you feel about that as someone who doesn't live in Austria now? Yeah, I I don't know. I, if my nice to get away, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> to, uh, Especially after this sad. past year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I. As I was saying before, I don't know if I want to be cremated or like yeah. my dad always talks about wanting to be cremated. And there is a spot where we live in. They live in Australia. That's where I grew up for my teenage years. They live in Avalon, and there's this beautiful beach, Palm Beach, and there's this big walk that's up to a lighthouse, and he wants to be scattered off the lighthouse. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if that's a... What about your dad's choice? I don't know if you have much say. I feel like it's more our choice. That's one thing I think. I think we should have a bit of choice in... Because I want to... Controversial. I know, it is controversial, but I want to be able to get access to my dad because I'm very... I am quite materialistic. I fully agree with you. Yeah, I I just want... I think all of this stuff is for the living. I do think that the last person to have any say is the dead person. I'll I'll tell you one cool thing, though, where we live, where this lighthouse is... It's um, it's very windy. There's a lot of wind that goes on there, um, and it's on a so it's two beaches that are either side of a sort of peninsula that li- lifts up to this lighthouse. And on the left hand, sorry, on the right hand side of it, if you were walking up to it, is where they film Home and Away. <gasps> and I do now quite, we know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do oh quite like the idea because you see them filming there every yeah. morning that we would do it in the morning, and that a wind would pick my dad's <laughs> ashes, <laughs> and he could cameo in his final <gasps> moment. That is being w- like. <coughs> Yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Let's just take that shot again. That is way better than a Debenhams in Portsmouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting, isn't it? I, I'm sort of torn because I, I do think the dead's wishes should be fulfilled. Nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unlike Brona. But we didn't with my dad. My dad requested uh, to be placed somewhere. And when we were talking about it, my mum was like, oh, I don't think he meant it. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, really? 
Irish? Like, oh, we, because I, I was hassling him, so he just said, and oh, scatter me there. And, um, and yeah, he, we ended up scattering him in Wales, where he was from. But it is a bit... I don't go there that often. Yeah. Like, I haven't been there since we scattered. So, yeah, the mm. idea, I think... And then sometimes I know with my granny and granddad, like, the ashes got split between mm. the children, so everyone got to, like, have a moment and do their own ceremony. But then mm. I'm like, how do they... Are my granny and granddad like, thanks, guys. Actually, we were together, and now we're mm. fucking, like, in three different points over the country. Yeah. I did read, a, read about this cool thing recently. Maybe you've talked about it on the podcast before, which is called uh, Eternal Reef. Uh, where oh, they yeah. take your ashes oh, and put yeah. it with a sort of a um, sea-friendly cement, I guess, and then they make a reef, and the point of the reef is to sustain and encourage sea life. Oh. So it's sort of a part, you know, you part part of your ashes, part of a living reef, and then it wreath, reef, reef, reef and <laughs> wreath are, are both <laughs> relevant to this bit, but it's definitely a reef. And yeah, and it goes into the ocean, and so obviously that's, you know, the, the family can go out with it and have a ceremony when they're placing it. But yeah, I mean, I thought that was cool. Definitely like... Yeah, you'd be sleeping with the fishes <laughs> in a real way. Yeah, well, there's quite a few of those. So, you know, turned into diamonds and so mm. on. There's a company that That's does beautiful. it. beautiful. Yeah, they've got a tagline, which is diamonds and grandma are forever. Oh. And... <laughs> And that's been going for years, but there's this really interesting one, which is... They nailed that. They really do. I yeah, hope they took the rest of the day off. <laughs> <laughs> but the, there's one in um, Liverpool, in Toxteth, um, mm. which is, I believe, in Liverpool or just next to Liverpool. Yeah, so there's this thing. So do you guys remember the band, um, this is a question for everyone, the KLF? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. KLF, Justified in their yeah. Ancient, and they're a big band that destroyed themselves and they burnt a million pounds in yeah. a in an island off the UK. And they've done a thing very recently where they're building a pyramid of the dead in Toxteth. Oh, wow. It's very big. And the idea is that you buy a brick and you get given this brick. And when the person who's bought the brick or who they've bought it for has died, they get um, cremated. And the ashes, just like one milligram or something of the ashes, gets put oh. into this brick and they fire the brick. And then you get added to a pyramid that is slowly building this Ooh. giant pyramid. And they do it every year. They add the bricks at a big celebration. That's lovely, the... but I would also sort Liverpool, of like sorry. it to be building... <laughs> <laughs> I'd like have it to be building Tox something Tox useful. I, have Tox, I, I lived in Liverpool. Oh, oh, I sound like such a herbal, like lived everywhere. But I lived in Liverpool. I worked in Aintree Hospital. Toxteth is one of the roughest areas. <laughs> I wouldn't leave a turd so there, let alone a brick with <laughs> someone that I love's ashes in it. That I, is an, so I reckon much. that's a piss. I'm going to have to get that's a piss take. No, it's real. It's, it's genuinely real. It's, in Toxteth? It's, yeah, it's, and there's the Toxteth Day of the Dead and they parade through the streets and um, it's... It, there's, you can watch it online. It's it's pretty amazing. It's a good because Dan described it. And we were all so there. We were like, wow, that's beautiful. And then Ola was just like, guys, <laughs> it is not. That's not what you're imagining. But, um, but I do think it would be better if it was building something useful, like social housing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Out a needle ashes. exchange center, like yeah. you know, just an yeah. arch. It's yeah. not going to feed the kids. No, but it's also quite. Um, was it's you know kind of what they used to do, isn't it? That's what happens in the church crypt. Like mm. everyone is basically down there in a box, mm. and that's sort of forming part of the structure of yeah. it. So it's kind right. of, but yeah, the yeah, <laughs> I guess 
how long is it going to take them to build that pyramid? That's like, <laughs> if it's like half built for ages and you're constantly saying, oh, it will be a pyramid. Mm-hmm. At the moment, it's a building site that's not finished. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> tiny, but it's a, it's a big artistic piece, basically. So the question is, do you want to mm. be part of a big artistic movement? I mean, in it's top step. Not yeah. in top, in step, top step, though. <laughs> Anywhere, but not there. That's so interesting because yeah. I only know two things. But I think Ringo Starr's grandmother was from Toxteth and she was known as the voodoo queen of Liverpool. Wow. She used to, yeah, so he used to be left-handed when he was younger. He went back to being left-handed when he was older. But Wait, did he have a right-handed period in the middle? Yeah, yeah. when his grandmother gave him exorcisms in order to oh, cure get him and him. get the devil out of him. So he went right-handed. So that's why Ringo Starr... If Ringo Starr, there's, a, there's that fake quote that John Lennon supposedly said that he wasn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. Totally <laughs> fake. Ringo Starr, amongst drummers, is one of the greatest drummers who ever lived. Yeah. And the reason is, is he used to be a right-handed drummer, mm. but then he went back to left-hand. But he, by then, he had a right-handed drum kit, and mm. it gave him a random style. So expelling the devil from him mm. turned him into one of the most interesting drummers. And Which she was from Toxteth. See, I feel like that's an argument in favour of exorcisms. Yeah. And I, I'd be against them, personally. <laughs> no, it sounds like it's always worth exercising. Yeah. It yeah. does sound like it will there's always a benefit. So if we have if we have this idea of our we're 140 and everyone else is around us and it's lovely. Have you thought about last words? Any oh. like wonderful thing you want to say to give? I mean you've already given your surely you're going to quote Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, sure. I mean that was a good one. I you know, I just feel like 90% of what I've said while I've been alive has been a joke or sarcasm. <laughs> I feel like if I went out on something really earnest like loving you is the best thing about my life like boring <laughs> vomit. I like, definitely she's would possess that yeah, is not exactly. her. I definitely would want to go out on like a sick burn like, like I don't know like oh uh, come to your improv show I'd rather die and then just <laughs> <laughs> die uh, you know or, or freak- such a sick burn yeah. if I was there sick I'd be like burn. oh she got me she got me but good. you are going first because I have to sing loudly and out of tune yes, at your funeral that's true that's true, that's true. Um, but I, yeah or I like freak somebody out and be like you know oh I need to tell you about something well someone I buried under the and then just die yeah that's the you leave a bit of mystery leave a bit of mystery behind yeah. something to talk about at the funeral <laughs> Oh, love, you had any thoughts about your last words? Um, I've, I don't think I'll ever say anything. I think when I've got to the stage where I'm dying, I want people to, you know, it's when someone's like on their deathbed and they're like, oh my God, have they gone? Nah, they've got a pulse. Oh, they're gone. <laughs> oh, no, they're still gone. I want to keep people guessing for at least a few <laughs> days. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> that's, that's smart. And it does happen. If you have watched anyone die, often there is lots of, they, no, they, they've gone. They haven't gone, they haven't gone, they haven't <laughs> gone. Yeah. And you are constantly like slightly on edge. So if you could keep that for a good three, three days. days. Wow. I think three days. Ooh. I think that'd be fun. They're going to be very relieved. That is such a strange. But that's the thing. Yeah. They'll be built up and they'll be so devastated. But when it gets to the third day, they'll be like, oh, she dead you. Yeah, and they'll <laughs> so be like, oh, I think I'll give them finally. a sense of relief. Um, I was in, just what you said, Brent, I was in a school play <laughs> years ago. And um, <laughs> Sorry, I can't come. I have plans. <laughs> And um, and I played this old lady character, and genuinely, she her lonely line was the gold is in the. <laughs> oh, awesome. It was a version of Oliver Twist, but not the musical. Can you imagine every single ticket holder that turned up was like, I think where's there's no orchestra. It's not the musical. Fuck. <laughs> a school kids play of Oliver Twist, not the musical. Oh, Oliver Twist, the dramatic version. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Um, Dan, have you had any thoughts about your last words? Um, I haven't. No, I've never actually thought about that. I, I'm fascinated by last words mm. generally. I think, and there's a particular type of last words where 
there's last words where it's kind of like to the room, you know, mm. to, oh, to yeah, people yeah. that, and then there's the interesting last words where it's, a, a, it's a apparent that like some kind of vision has. Oh mm. yeah, yeah. So uh, one I read about just yesterday was um, just speaking of the Beatles um, when John Lennon's aunt, who looked who raised him basically yeah. in place of his mother, Aunt Mimi died. Her last words were, "Hello, John." And and it was oh. her staring into the distance, and you kind of think, okay, what wow. what did she see there? And the one that really fascinates me is um, Sam Kinison. He was a comedian, rock and roll comedian in America, mm. and he kind of predates. If you know Bill Hicks, Bill Hicks basically had the act right. of Sam Kinison. He was this. He came on with a bandana and he played metal music, and it was just. And he was, but he was also a preacher, and so he had this extraordinary delivery. And he was driving with his brother and a few friends in a car, and the car got hit by another car. And they were all fine, except for him. And it would later turn out that he had internal injuries mm. that no one could quite spot in the moment. And he was laying on the side of the road. And all of them say that his last words were him having a conversation with something going, mm. but why? Why do I need to go? <gasps> why? I've, I'm, I'm paraphrasing slightly, like that's close enough to it. He's going, why, why? And, and that was him in a bit of stress. And then he calmed down and he goes, okay, okay, okay. And then he dies. Oh. You know what, Dad? It's, it's really interesting you say that oh because God. when my How? uncle passed, uh, we found it quite bizarre because my um, aunt, his wife, was obviously in hysterics. And um, she said uh, before he died, he was like... He would. He said to her, "Look, move aside. Um, these gentlemen want to come in," and she'll be like, "There's no one there." And he was like, "Look, I'm not delirious." He said, "Let them in. Let them in. They look like kind men." And um, he was looking at, you know, she couldn't see, and you know, he passed away. So there was somebody there that he was talking to, and. You know, it depends how spiritual you are or whatever, but they say a lot of the times in your last minutes, you're thirsty, you, you, you mm. feel like you want to drink, mm. and you talk to someone that's not there. Mm. So my thing always is, is like you assume that someone at the end of their life is delirious. What if they're not delirious? Mm. What if they see someone that you don't see? There's infinite amount of frequencies in this universe mm. we see one frequency you don't see sound you hear it so you know maybe there is someone there that you know when you're coming close to death and all these crazy chemicals that you only get when you're dying allows you to see something that somebody else doesn't see so that's why when you know these you know you see people who are about to die and they're like oh give them a bit of midazolam they're delirious or give them a mm. bit of morphine they're delirious mm. i'm like I I don't agree that you should like calm them down and shush them down. Mm. Maybe they're legitimately conversing with someone mm. that we just can't see. So it's just I so do love that. And and like and it's and it's lovely to as the living to like latch on to something like that because we none of us want to think that our brain is going to fully stop. Mm. And you know I suppose we don't necessarily want to think that we are only this vessel that we go about living in. So any stories of people, you know, seeing somebody or, uh, you know, young children recalling past lives, I latch onto them, like hope that we'll all sort of get to go around again. But it's also good that we've discovered tonight what happens after uh, life and when you die, which is that John Lennon comes to fetch <laughs> us all. <laughs> yeah. 
Land Which, Meteor. Hello, Fair John. Play. Yeah. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry, I should just clarify with that Sam Kinison story. Those were his last words. I don't know if he just immediately died afterwards. <laughs> okay. But he did. He mm. died in the... Yeah, yeah. Those were the last moments and they said he was sort of at peace. Well, they talk... If you, I've interviewed um, palliative care nurses and doctors mm. and things and they often, they often say very matter-of-factly that, you know, there's, this, there's the illness, the prolonged death and the pain, there'll be pain and then there is the weird moment of clarity when often um, family members turn to the doctor and say they're, they're doing better they're rallying and they're mm. like eh, it's the bit just before they die when mm. everything is oh, clear oh you mm. are yeah. I don't want to like prolong but there was yeah. a woman who was on end of life and I'm telling you end of life they stopped food and drink yeah. they stopped IVs they stopped everything this woman was on her deathbed and um, I remember one of the nurses coming out to the doctor station I was sat there and she was like oh I think this lady's about to die you know call the family blah 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 um you know her temperature's this her blood pressure's not is okay but it's end of day and I was like are you talking about that woman and we turned around and it was one of the scare I was like fuck she's a ghost she literally walked out <laughs> and she was like oh when are the trolleys coming around like for teas and coffee <laughs> And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is what Bruce Willis felt like in Sixth Sense. And it was so bizarre. And so they called the family and they were like, oh, we thought, but, you know, it's better. But, you know, come in. You know, she's perked up. They put her back on food and drinks. They took her off palliative and she died two hours later. Wow. Oh, my God. I mean, she that just wanted that cup of tea. shit out of me. That yeah. is clarity when you know that all you want out of life is a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> just before I go, one last cup. Yeah. I don't have last words, but I want one fucking they say I'm going to be thirsty and <laughs> I want to get ahead of that. <laughs> well, that you know how you were saying before about um, the wearing the black because the yeah, dead yeah. see yeah. you're invisible to them. Interestingly, food and drink at the end of a life that used to be so you know the old idea of um, death row in America, mm. the last meal you mm. get to pick, it's your thing. Mm. The reason that came about, from what I've read, is that you there used to be a superstition that the dead would come back if they didn't have a substantial final meal. Oh, wow. So the idea was you pick what you want to eat and yeah. you're going to go into the next world feeling like, oh, that was a kick-ass chicken. It was the American justice system future-proofing themselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not weird. We kill them, we want them dead. That's such a, like, <laughs> modern thing, you know, death row. Yeah. But it's such an ancient Egyptian way of thinking of, like, yeah. feel their bellies before they go off into the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the afterlife. Well, no, but, I mean, it didn't just start, like, sort of in the modern time. It, this was a thing from the past that's kind of... Yeah, yeah but the fact that they like yeah. that it's now carried on to such yeah. a, like, modern time and that we would just, just go, oh, yeah, of course you want something nice before you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, We've you would think in prison cuts that would be the first thing to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. We might, like, sometimes... We ask if anyone has any questions, and no one does. And I want you to know that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. It's COVID times. You might not want to put your hand up. You might not want to speak. But we have just five minutes left. So does anyone have a question that they or a thing they want to share? You're, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of last meals, what would your last meals be? Pizza Express on a voucher. <laughs> <laughs> on a voucher. <laughs> Do you know what? You could Pizza Express because it wouldn't disappoint. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you went for something fancy and you does didn't like job. it, or it was a bit much... But mm. pizza, especially, like I do know, I love the quattro formaggi, so I will be okay. <laughs> That's the only one I can think of. Please don't order me a quattro formaggi when I'm dying. <laughs> Loren, Loren, um, Ola, what would your last meal? What would your last meal be? I don't think I'd eat anything because I'd be really worried that if I ate something mm. like and I died, it 
rot in my stomach and it was like I'll produce she's thinking practical here yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love your restraint you're like I won't say any last words <laughs> I won't have a last meal <laughs> like uh, my last words would be going on for days <laughs> I would ask yeah. for that last meal six times yeah exactly <laughs> Brown, is it just one more yeah one more slice and then I'll just finish the speech um, doubles did anyone say doubles <laughs> <laughs> it's two for one they're both for me uh Dan, what would your last meal be? I definitely, I would struggle to pick between three. So one would be schnitzel. Um, schnitzel because my award-winning great-grandmother also, I was Trophy. told as a child, one, I was told this as a child, one best schnitzel <laughs> in Austria. She had and, a lot of trophies. And lady. I used to tell everyone at school that. My great-grandmother has won the best schnitzel award in Austria. And... Schnitzel was part of our family. It is every Christmas as an Austrian family. Um, so we have that a lot. So schnitzel or fried rice. Grew up in Hong Kong. Fried rice, my favorite thing. Or a sausage and egg McMuffin from oh. McDonald's. <laughs> and I think that would probably no win. Way. Yeah. Low brown. With the hash brown and the orange juice. Yeah. Yes. That is, that is, Sorry. You're going off to the afterlife feeling very queasy. <laughs> <laughs> you're going, oh, it looked good, but I shouldn't have done no, that. That is what McMuffin's No, no, no. If I'd eaten a, eaten a double of sausage and egg McMuffin, absolutely. Single oh. sausage and egg. <laughs> Perfect. Great <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, great question. Anyone else want to know any more about... Uh, oh, yeah, this one just back here. We'll, we'll, do, we'll make this last one. Cause hey, guys. Um, do you guys believe in ghosts? In ghosts. Mm. Do we believe in ghosts? Um, right, so who... Well, Dan, do you want to go first? I feel like... <laughs> I think ghosts... So... I'm actually, I've been looking into this recently for, like, as I was saying before, I'm doing a thing which is kind of in this territory. I think it's the most interesting thing because so many people I know who sit on the side of non-religious believe in ghosts and I've always equated as that being a connection and I did a survey online where I asked atheists specifically, do you believe in ghosts? So many interesting, you know, people saying yes, but I think it's not a spirit. I think it's... Um, it's the remaining residue of energy that is... All <laughs> you these, mean a spirit. <laughs> all, exactly. All these weird justifications for what it could possibly be. And um, I, I don't know what I think about it, genuinely. I think I probably am on the side of I don't believe in ghosts. But there's a whole history of, of humanity believing and seeing. So there's got to be something going on. That's all I think. I'm not sure what it is. And I think it's worth slightly believing them to suss it out to find out why we all think this it's kind of like with people who say they see bigfoot and the yeti and stuff like that Mo a lot of explorers have discovered amazing things by looking for that and finding something else finding the the reason behind it and if we brush things off like ghosts and say that they're not real that's boring because there's too many people saying they might be around there's just too many people reporting that um so yeah i'm i'm agnostic to that in a <laughs> weird way but I just think how much I would like to see you on like a BBC drama investigating ghosts. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'd watch that. I'd really watch well, that. Well, okay, I'll the coolest <laughs> thing though, the thing I love about it is it can draw amazing events. And one yeah. of my favorite stories is the Royal Albert Hall. There was 10,000 people who packed in to see the spirit. So literally to see an apparition six days. Um, so of Arthur Conan Doyle, six days after he died. So he died and his family oh, yeah, held yeah. a memorial service and he was the top billing. He's going to appear right at the end of the show and 10,000 people crammed there to see him and a lot of people claim that they saw him. What a gig, even if he wasn't there. <laughs> what a gig. You saw Arthur Conan Doyle headline the Royal Albert Hall. 
a week after he died. I love that even even in his death, he was like, "No, keep booking gigs. Keep, I'll do them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll do, I can make it. I'll double up. Yeah. I can make it." Um, <laughs> and he's here tonight. <laughs> um, Ola, what do you think? What's your opinion on ghosts? Well, um, I don't not as what ghosts are, but I do believe in spiritual entities. Um, we call them jinn. Um, but yeah, I one hundred percent. Um, believe they exist again um what is jinn is is it jinn is like it's like a um spiritual entity so we believe that they live amongst us so what people say are ghosts or spirit things or whatever they live amongst us but again i talk about frequencies and stuff like that so just because we can't see them doesn't mean they're not there but they have ways of communicating so for example um you know people who tell the future or you know you can go to these like we call them witch doctors if you've lost something or you want to know information they are able to conjure something and they can give you this information example uh, one of my and it's really really bad like you definitely we believe you should definitely like not do it but uh for example one of my cousins lost a watch um <laughs> a michael Kors watch not that it matters um <laughs> but, but she does, wanted, does, she wanted to know where it was and she went to one of these um witch doctors and they do some really bizarre it's like dark dark stuff and she was able to tell her where it was somebody took it and she was able to tell her now a Your lot of people will be like it, with it. <laughs> 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 it was me but like a lot of people won't believe that and like oh two weekends ago uh my dad was like talking about this stuff and my brother's like oh this is bullshit this is bullshit and my dad was like this is things like i've experienced and seen myself so so i don't talk about it too much and cut a very long story short i do believe they exist it's something that we can't see with our naked eye it's something that is something i've never look too into because i do believe that it's dangerous ground so i know it's there but i just stay away from it yeah fair. and is jinns are they people who've passed away who are here or are they just completely they're, separate com- they're different creations right all together right i read recently this is i always wonder where ghosts go when something when they're haunting um, oh yeah it's so i discovered that i read this in a Derek akora book um <laughs> facts <that laughs> only from dan <laughs> uh the buffet at yeovil junction train station was haunted and so people would report like being there and they'd suddenly see like the salad or casserole just lift up and, <laughs> and it turned out it was like um i can't remember her name but it was a lady who'd passed away and she was haunting the buffet specifically <laughs> And the, and the cafe shut down recently, and I wrote to them to say, w- you know, are you worried about where the ghost is going to go? <laughs> like, where does she go? Yeah. What does she do? Oh, I see. When, oh, I see. Yeah. When stuff closes down. Yeah, yeah, she's lost. Like, she was levitating sausages. What is she doing now? Where is she? Where is she going? And what did they say? Um, <laughs> the person said, "I'm sorry. Um, we're we sh- we're National Rail. We don't really respond to this." Very <laughs> <stuff."> <laughs> But then at the bottom... Because of data protection, we can't tell you about the ghost location. (laughs) DDPR. But then at the bottom did say, but actually there is someone on staff who knows a lot about this and I'll put you in contact. So I'm going to speak to them. I'm going to talk to them about it. Because there's so many fun hauntings around the UK. It's not just people. Highgate Pond, if anyone lives in London North, um, that's haunted by a frozen chicken. And... People have so reported my freezer. seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm vegetarian, but the joke worked. <laughs> what Anyone do you mean lives there? Like, a frozen chicken. Yeah, it's a frozen chicken. Well, you mean people see a frozen chicken, then they're like, "Oh, it's gone." What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's literally like they see a frozen chicken in the yeah. pond. But was the chicken? The chicken was already dead when it must have gone into the pond. So why is the ghost of the frozen chicken hanging around the pond? 
It's um, it wasn't killed there. Didn't no, the story is so long. Francis Bacon <laughs> is God. Anything that starts with Francis Bacon, you're like, you know, I'm going to be here for a while. <laughs> like, so not the not the artist, but Francis Bacon, the um, the sort of philosopher and ideas oh, okay. person from a long, long time ago. He was on his way home one night, and he had this sudden idea, and he'd just gone to the market. He had um, all his food in the back of his carriage, and he was getting home, and he suddenly thought you know, what, what would happen if we could do refrigeration? Oh. Could we keep meat and keep it yeah, to, yeah. to last longer? And so he jumped out of the carriage and he took the food that he had and he buried it in the snow okay. and he was going to come back and see if, if it held. And then he got in the carriage, but it was so cold and he'd been in with like not the appropriate clothing that he got pneumonia and he died. <gasps> and he now haunts a house um, and a pub, I thought apparently. you were going to say he's the frozen chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's the spirit of the chicken. No, no, but then that kind of led to the idea of refrigeration as like a basic yeah, idea. Yeah. The chicken that he buried in the snow that day is the chicken that haunts Highgate Pond. <laughs> so it's kind of like a celebrity chicken. <laughs> it's part of progress for refrigeration. That is so incredible. I can't quite take that in. That the the spirit of the uh, basically you're being haunted by the spirit of the discovery of refrigeration. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Brona, do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to top the discovery <laughs> yeah. of, the, of the spirit of refrigeration. Uh, but, I mean, I, th I think I'm quite similar to you. Uh, I knew I was Sudanese. Um, <laughs> in terms of, you know, it's not... I, I mean, I lived, in a, I lived in a really old building in university that was built in, like, 1770s uh, in Dublin that Oscar Wilde had lived in. Just, oh, really? just two people with the same kind of brain. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was three ghosts in the room that I lived in and two of them were hot. Um, I, did, I did feel like I saw like shadows that looked like people. And you know, when my uh, daughter is 19 months now, but when she is a baby, like when she was smaller, like six, seven months, I used to, when I would put her to bed, she would just stare into dark corners in the evening and go, and I'm waving for the podcast listeners. Um, and I think, I, I think, the people who I've loved who have died, they've like I feel like they've come back to see me in dreams, and I've always woken up feeling like, oh, that was a lovely visit, as opposed to that was a dream. Um, but I also think my fundamental belief is that my tiny pea-sized human brain can't actually fully comprehend what uh, that would be like. And so I think my belief about ghosts is closer to that they're the ghost of something as opposed to like, you know, they're the ghost of an emotion or, you know, as opposed to like a, a person in a sheet walking around. Although if there is a chance to do that, I will come back and do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm ready, I'm ready. 140 year old Brona on the sheet on the head. Do I you believe in ghosts? Um, uh, yeah, it's difficult. I, I sort of, I sort of do because I like drama. <laughs> so like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, there's a ghost. You know, I like, I like the idea of it. I watched, you know, too much. I read too much Victorian novels and um, watched Sundial or whatever it's called too much. It's a very niche reference there. Um, <laughs> and so I used, and then as I got older, I was like, oh, maybe it's just bullshit because my dad died and he didn't do any haunting. So I was like, well, come on, you know, seems a bit bullshit to me. So yeah, I was a bit sort of like skeptical. And then I started the show and talking to people about death and more and more stories came up that I was like, oh. And one of my favorites is Susie Ruffle, who was very, very close to her grandma, her nan, and uh, I think another great aunt. They're very, very close. And Susie was dreamt of them one night and they, they were in a crowd and she couldn't find them and she was just kept trying to get to them. And then she sort of was aware that she was in her room and they were standing over her bed and she was half awake thinking, oh, they're here. And she heard them say, oh God, she's seen us. 
and then she woke up and that still gives me goosebumps oh, i know yeah. that's st- when susie told me that i was like fuck because that just that had too many things like too many things yeah. about it. it wasn't just like oh i you know i i saw a white sheet or like yeah. oh you know I, I was cold in hampton court palace it was chilly um thank you so much you've been such a wonderful audience uh, please give a huge round of applause to your amazing guests ola Labi, brona c titley and dan schreiber everybody <laughs> You can follow Dan Schreiber on Twitter at Schreiberland. That's S-C-H-R-E-I-B-E-R, land. Brona is at Brona C. Titley. So it's B-R-O-N-A-C-T-I-T-L-E-Y. Ola is on Instagram at at the Ola Labib. That's the O-L-A-L-A-B-I-B. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast. The show was recorded live at King's Place in King's Cross, a wonderful venue. And it was edited by Kate Holland. The music was provided by the Glue Ensemble. Uh, I am recording this from my living room. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you are not alone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.